The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings from the Pet Buzz Studios on this fine day. I hope you pet lover doing well out there. We're doing well here in Sarasota, Florida. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, you know, as pet owners, sometimes we have to go that extra mile for our pets. And this week, I did it. I signed up for True Green Lawn Care Services because I want my pets to have the best experience while they're outside. That means they can run on healthy grass in addition to the lawn treatment service. I purchased mosquito and flea and tick protection. You know, my ground is very, very sandy, and that is a really great place for parasites to hide. So I love Wally, Hayden, Hannah, Ty, Thames, Hammy, or HJ as I like to call him, so much that I want the best for them. And unfortunately, sometimes that means opening up my wallet or Dr. Flex wallet. Don't look at me like that, Dr. Fleck. Anyway, so now let's kick off the show with our weekly countdown. In segment four, I'm talking about how your kids going back to school can affect your pet. It's more than just the back to school blues, folks. And in seg three, you want to know if your kitty is related to a tiger, a cheetah, or a lion? Founder and CEO Anna Skaya from Base Paws is here to talk about the first DNA kit for cats and their curious owners. And in two, of course, in this portion of the show, we chat the chat and walk the walk. We talk flex facts. And in segment one is buyers, expectations change, and societies become more driven by the need for transparency, sustainability, and consumer goods. Retail companies are having to transform. And how they respond today, especially during the pandemic, will shape their tomorrow. This is part two of the interview that was taped Last week with Phil Chang, if you missed it, listen to that interview on your favorite streaming channels. And today we're discussing pet owner consumer trends and buying patterns, especially during the pandemic with Steve King, president of the American Pet Products Association. Hey, Steve. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Fleck. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, let me start out with a two-part question. Wait, first we have to congratulate Steve because he is now the new president of the American Pet Products Association. That's right. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So I think that's important. I think on Bob's last day, we had him on the show. Right. So, and that was always fun because we've known Bob for a long time. Bob and I have had a love-hate relationship for many years. (laughs) Um, But I always, you know, love Bob. And Bob will tell you, I gave him one of the greatest gifts ever. I gave him a Dyson vacuum cleaner when I worked for Dyson. Remember that? We we always talk about. So, okay. Uh, So, so a new era in APPA. And Steve, we're glad you're there. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun uh, since I've been here. All right. I'm going to start out with a two-part question, if I can. How have pet manufacturers responded during these unprecedented times, especially 
since so many products are made in Southeast Asia, and how are they meeting consumer demands? Yeah, well, there were certainly supply chain disruptions early on, uh, as you know, particularly products coming out of China uh, in that January, February time frame. Uh, but that's largely been resolved now. So we, we aren't seeing the sort of supply chain challenges that we did early on. And as you know, uh, most pet food and treats are produced domestically. So, um, you know, they're, they're manufactured right here in the U.S. And there was certainly a spike in purchasing in the early days of the lockdown in that kind of mid to uh, end of March time frame. We saw a lot of uh, what was called pantry loading on the part of consumers, largely due to uncertainty, not knowing how long the stores might be closed and, and uh, if they were going to be able to get supplies. But that So that did result in some spot shortages uh, during that time frame and some empty shelves in stores. But that was largely moderated um, in April, and we haven't seen that uh, be a problem as much uh, since. But you have to admit, we never ran out of toilet paper. Yes, you never did. Yes. Well, anyway, so long story short, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens now. I mean, as cases increase again, I think we're going back through an uncertain time again. So hopefully this doesn't affect uh, consumer demand. The challenge for manufacturers has been forecasting, uh, you know, just kind of knowing what demand is going to be like. You know, you, you do that based on past um, practices and uh, what they've seen in their supply chain and, and in the ordering in the past. And when things get thrown off with something like this, it, it takes a while for them to catch back up. So I think it's, it's partly uh, a demand-driven thing. In the veterinary industry, we order a lot more pharmaceuticals, and the backlog has been part of our existence since COVID started, but it was short backlogs. We're beginning to see longer backlogs now. So I'm wondering what it's going to be as far as the pharmaceutical part of it as time goes on towards the end of the year. Yeah. So um, I have a question. So in the last few months, many pet and related retail establishments have closed, changed their hours of operations, boarded up their stores due to looting in aftermath of the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the demonstrations around the country, and now even these autonomous zones. How is that going to affect consumers and manufacturers? Well, fortunately, early on, uh, our association and other uh, pet trade associations were successful in getting the nation's governors to declare uh, pet stores as essential businesses. So they were allowed to remain open to provide food and other uh, products uh, to care for, for pets uh, when, when, as you know, many, many retailers were closed. Uh, so most did remain open, uh, and it, but they took steps to protect their customers and their employees from the virus um, by setting up online ordering and, and picking up at curbside, uh, home delivery. They changed their retail lay, layouts, just like, like grocery stores, to limit the contact between customers and customers and employees. So you know all those steps were taken. Some urban stores, there's no question they were affected by the protests, but uh, fortunately, relatively few. Um, and then, of course, with the online outlets, they saw a big increase in their businesses, uh, especially sales of, of food and treats. Yeah, we'll probably have to wait till the end of the year or so before we can see how everything plays out, I would suspect. So let's talk a little bit more about how people are spending their yeah. money. I mean, like you talked about, um, and you were, you were quoted in Forbes uh, recently. Mm-hmm about um, online shopping and the new shopping experience for people. 
Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, the, you know, the uh, we've known that uh, Chewy and Amazon in particular have seen um, uh, pretty dramatic year-over-year growth in, in pet supply sales, and that's just uh, simply accelerated during uh, the COVID uh, period um, as people are, you know, looking for ways to obtain the products that they that they kind of rely on for their pets and do it in a way that that they feel safe. So uh, there's no question that the online sellers have benefited from that. And, you know, as part of that, too, you have subscription services that that, that they offer so that if, you know, once you find a a food, let's say, that uh, your pet thrives on, uh, if it's delivered to your door every month, like clockwork, then, you know, that's a pretty convenient way to to get uh, your pet's food. So, you know, I think that, that we will probably continue to see uh, online sellers increase their market share. And, you know, it's going to be a challenge for uh, brick-and-mortar retailers to continue to find ways to bring people into their stores, people coming in, bringing their dogs with them, and shopping in the store for products for the pet. They need to definitely continue to find ways to draw consumers in. Well, Steve, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on the show. We loved having you. Always a pleasure to be with you. Being able to understand pet owner consumer trends and availability of manufactured pet products can help you plan your budget and your need for those products. Everyone, that was Steve King, president of the American Pet Products Association. For more information about Steve and the APPA, visit app.org. Org. Up next, Flex Facts. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pet health you. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. I love two things, sports and my dog Chester. Where I go, he goes. To the beach, to play soccer, everywhere. We spend a lot of time together in the sun, so I always carry a can of EpiPet sunscreen. So Chester is protected from the sun's harmful UV rays. I just spray it on and I don't have to worry. Chester is protected, so I know my sports buddies can be with me for a long time. Thanks, EpiPet. 
Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now we're going to talk about Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. So what's the topic for the day? Well, this will take a while to explain, but today... We're going to be talking about something very important about the health care of your pet, and that's being prepared for the vet financially. And that's really important because there's a lot of variations between the pricing on pets, but under certain circumstances, there isn't that much variation when you start dealing with some particular serious medical problems. I think it's a sensitive subject. But it's, it's, it's very sensitive, but people need to be aware that when they have their pets, they have financial responsibilities as they, as they do for the rest of their two-legged members of the family. And it becomes incredibly frustrating for me sharing just one thing this morning. A person comes in with two new puppies, maybe go through and get the puppy series, maybe not, has a nine-year-old dog, never been to the vet, because the backyard breeder told them they never had to have shots. Why do you do that? It's important. It's important for the pets to be protected with preventative health care. It's just like us as humans. When we take care of our preventative health care, we live longer with a greater quality of life, and we have each other to share just as you do your pets to share. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can hear the frustration in your voice. And I'm looking at your face, and it's just very tense right now. And I think there's there's two things I think that we need to break down. So number one, I mean, vets are like any other profession. They don't give away services for free. So I don't think you can expect your veterinarian or any veterinarian to give you services for free because they run businesses. So that's one aspect. And it's not like you're trying to, get money out of people, but you need to keep the lights on, you have employees. And I know based on my association with you on a regular basis, and no guys, I don't work in the vet clinic, the price of drugs goes up on a monthly basis, correct? It goes up on a monthly basis. And because of the disaster of COVID-19, we're even having difficulties like everybody else getting resources to get our products. So that's the business aspect. So let's talk about a little bit about client expectations and then your frustration because i don't know if people i mean i you you've heard me say this a million times when the pool guy comes or american express or mastercard comes with the bill comes you got to pay it right or the air can i mean we live in florida so if the air conditioning breaks down you got to fix it absolutely okay absolutely but i think that there's some really important things that people have to recognize what are we so concerned about these days with COVID-19, we're wearing masks. We have to have social distancing. We can't be in crowded areas. We can't have football games. 
my most oh, important yeah. thing of life. But the the thing of it is, is we we know that it will be partially corrected and corrected to some degree mm-hmm. when we have a vaccine for it. We have deadly diseases with pets: distemper, parvo, leptospirosis. We have serious diseases like kennel cough. And we have diseases for people, too, and that's the correlation And some of these are transmissible to people, like leptospirosis. And why people feel as though that they don't need to protect their pet for these diseases, then what's going to happen when we have the coronavirus vaccine? Do you not think you need to protect yourself so that we can go out and go to the restaurant and enjoy life again? But I get so upset because people say, well, my pet doesn't go out in the public, so I go, oh, yeah, I take him for a walk, maybe, you know, some of the time. Oh, I've taken him to the dog park maybe once or twice. Where but do you think you pick up these diseases? On your shoes and you, you bring them you home. You pick it up from going to the grocery store. Try to tell people. You bounce into other people. They have pets at home. They hug their pets. It's in their clothing. You can take those things but home. I, but I, here, here's more my frustration comes in, and I, and I understand your frustration. My my frustration is that, you know, having a pet is such a great responsibility and you're responsible for that creature's life. And unfortunately, in that relationship, it costs you a lot of money and at times a great deal. And so you need to be prepared. You need to have saved money, get pet insurance, learn about proper pet care, learn about third party options like credit care or, you know, we had waggle on and. I don't say that callously because I know we're living in these tough financial times, but you know, when an animal gets sick, it can suffer if you do not take it to the vet in a timely manner. I mean, if your wife was sick, would you leave her home to languish or your kid was sick? Would you leave him home to languish? So I understand it could be difficult and you might not afford it, but this is what I always find. I find the longer you wait, the sicker the pet gets, and then it gets more expensive because you didn't take care of it right away or you didn't find out about it right away. And Dr. Google doesn't always have the answers. Dr. Google many times creates more issues because of moving in the wrong direction. And then trying to give your pet apple cider vinegar. I mean, how many ear infections did you see? that have been treated with all of these crazy homemade remedies. For two years or so, and then the danger of ever trying and then to the repair pets, that right, and then becomes the pets, impossible. Right, the pet's deaf, or this happens, or that happens. So, you know, you ha- you can't close your eyes to the, the fact that the animal is in pain or suffering. And, and the other thing that's really important, too, is that there is a variation and a difference, and maybe a, a large difference in pricing for preventative medicine care. Right. And it's not up to the veterinarian to make that decision for you. Right. It's up to you to make the decision. So you need to do your own research. Instead of paying maybe three or $400 for some preventative medicine care, which would be very good, you could probably do a fourth or a third of that if you look around and try to find the right opportunities. But that's up for you to search the Internet. It's up for you to search that out. And you could save money that then can go towards maybe other medical care for your pet. I know. I think it's a very controversial topic and one that you don't want to get people upset. But, you know, how many times do animals, for example, come into your clinic that have long fingernails that should have been cut months and months and months ago? And that's basic care. I mean, why buy a poodle if you can't afford to get it clipped? Exactly. So I think, and I'm not discouraging anyone from having a pet, but before you actually get a pet, and we tell this to people all the time, and if we don't tell it, we imply it, go buy a book, 
find out what, and we talked about this with Jillian Inglis, what diseases or what maladies that pet can be subject to. And then you also have to find out, you know, how often do you need the nails clipped? How often does it need training? And another important part of healthcare is nutrition. Don't cut to get something very cheap in nutrition. Make sure that you investigate it. Ask your veterinary office about what would be a, is this an acceptable product to be using? But you know, that's a good point. People will buy a 60 or $70 bag of dog food thinking they don't have to take their pet to the vet. Or they come in for a nail trim, but won't get a distemper shot. Anyway, we're not, like I said, we want to help you. That's why we do this show. We love giving you every week coming on here, giving lots and lots of tips and education, ways to save money. It's really important to us. So I want to wrap this up because I encourage you. I want you to stick around for more of the important and informative pet buzz. We're going to take a commercial break. And next up, I'm going to talk about my I likey of the week. Anything else you got to say, Dr. Fleck? Oh, oh my. No, that's all the Flex facts for this week. Whew, that was a lot. Okay, stick around. Up next, my I likey of the week. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, I love to start a segment with the I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. What question for y'all. How often do you forget to give your pets their daily medication? Or maybe you forget to take it. Never have that problem again with Took Take, that's TookTake.com, medication reminder label system. Took Take is simply a dosage reminder system that lets you know if you or your pet took or still need to take their prescription over-the-counter medication or vitamin supplements. Okay, so unlike conventional pill boxes or complicated smart solutions, Took Take easily works for liquids and creams as well as tablets, capsules, and chewables. Took Take is available in three formats to cover most dosage requirements. So hourly, daily, and seven to 10 day intervals. Took Take's hourly dosage reminder labels are good for medication that needs to be taken multiple times a day, a certain number of hours apart. For medication or supplements that need to be taken once a day, every day, Took Take is definitely one solution. 
You know, the most common dosages for short-term medication, especially things like antibiotics, is like seven to ten days, either once or twice a day. But by simply placing the took-take label on the medication, you can avoid all of the stress and confusion. Each day when your pet or you take the required dosage, simply peel off the perforated tab that corresponds to the day of the prescription. So this way you can easily see at a glance if the medication was taken in a timely manner. One took take pack retails for about $4.99. So check it out at tooktake.com. Well, I've been told our next guest is on the phone. So let's bring her on. And as a cat parent, do you want to learn more about your kitty's breed, health traits, and habits? You can do so with at-home consumer DNA tests for cats. Think 23andMe, but for your feline. And joining us today is Anna Skaya, founder and CEO of Base Paws, the only company in the world to offer genetic counseling for cats. Hey, Anna, thanks so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Hey, Dr. Flagg. Hi, okay. Charlotte. Glad to be here. So tell us about Base Paws. What is it? Yeah, so Base Paws is a cat DNA test. Think of us as 23 and Meow. DNA test for your kitty to find out about their breed and also to dive deep into their health markers. That's it. That's us. So how do you collect DNA from your cat? And where do I get your cat DNA test kit? And what do I have to do to collect my cat's DNA? Right. Well, collecting DNA from a kitty is not the easiest thing. So we actually tell you exactly how to do it. We send you a swab. Think of it as a little piece of cotton on on a stick. And you give them a treat. You swipe the inside of their mouth for two seconds. You get a little bit of the cheek, a little bit of the gums, and you give them another treat. And that's it. It's actually quite easy. We send you uh, a kit with all the instructions on it. You get a kit off of our website, baseboss.com or Amazon. And that's it. That's so, the easiest wait, thing in the world. When I showed your product on TV, you had to snip some of your cat's hair. You don't have to do that I anymore. Know. No, you know, I, we're a startup and we very quickly realized that waxing your cat is not something every <laughs> owner wants to do. Um, so we changed. We completely changed. We shifted. We now have a swab instead of that piece of tape. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because I when, remember when she first said it, Dr. Fleck, when she said, and she said it's going to be a little difficult. I don't know. I mean, you're a vet. Is it hard to, you think it's hard to stick a Q-tip in a cat's mouth? Mm, it's not the easiest procedure. I thought no. she was going to compare it to giving a cat <laughs> no, a bath. No, no, Okay. Hey, how long does it take to get the results? So it takes four to six weeks. And Dr. Fleck, something I should let you know, uh, we've had lots of veterinarians reaching out to us and saying, previously, you guys had a much longer timeline. We're vets. We need to move fast. So we worked really hard, especially during covid and we moved it down to four to six weeks. Really okay. proud of that. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, it takes a while. Okay. So, you know what I think is really kind of cool? And everyone's seen the show. And if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. You know, the Tiger King on Netflix was such a phenomenon oh. and that everyone loves the big cats. I mean, and, and of course, during COVID, they got, they got it. Well, so I binged watch the series with my cat Hayden, but. Can I find out with do, by doing the kitty or the meow DNA if my pet has any tiger, cheetah, or lion relatives? I mean, I got to be honest. Caden's kind of a sloth or a koala. He sleeps like 23 hours a day. So I don't know if he's a big cat. I, I don't know. But what, what do you got? What do you got to tell me? Um, so Tiger King, Tiger King, what a polarizing show. 
I just want to hug a tiger kitten after that show. And short answer, is your cat, Hayden, related to a tiger or a lion? Every cat is related to the same wild cat in the same exact way. But because Base Plus has so many cats, thousands and thousands of cats in our database, we've been able to find the tiny, tiny little differences in each cat that makes it a little bit closer to one big cat than another. And it's those tiny, tiny differences that we then report to you. And again, it's because we just have so many cats, we're able to recognize how those cats are different. This is exactly why we can tell you your tabby, your domestic short hair, really is closer to, let's say, a Siamese than a Burmese. It's those really small differences that make the difference. Hey, you were on Shark Tank, right? I was. Tell us about it. I was. It. We just had our one-year anniversary. Tell us about it. Well, it took about six months to get ready for it. Lots of videos at home with my cat in my arms, pretending like I'm on the show. Um, a lot of hoops to jump through. You know, they wanted us to create a storyline. So originally, I had my cat in a shark costume. I went on Amazon, ordered a cat shark costume. I'm sure you have seen these before. And that was going to be my stick. That was going to be my, my story. And they popped. They said it wasn't interesting enough. So I had to come up with something different and quick. So if you haven't seen the episode, I'll tell you really quick. I had one of my coworkers dress up in a huge cat costume. Imagine like Disneyland big, like a full on cat costume with this big head. And she crawled on stage as I walked on stage and entertained the sharks while I was pitching and for anyone who's ever wanted to be on the show or who's watched the show, it's so that first minute, it's so stressful. You're walking in the lights. There's about 50 people in front of you. You only see the sharks, but there's tons of cameras and people watching you, and you're so stressed out and nervous. And having that kitty walk on their forepaws as I walked in just distressed the situation. People started giggling, and that really put me at ease. So who was your deal with? So do you want to guess? Do you know the sharks? The obnoxious one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're both from Canada, by the way. It oh, okay. Robert and right. Mr. Wonderful. And Mr. Wonderful. Well, that's, hey, that's, wow. Did they end up, like, working it together? Is that what happened in the end? Like, one they one? They did. Okay. They I can... did. Actually, Robert on the show says, this is one of the coolest products I've seen on the show. I don't understand why the rest of you guys aren't jumping up and down. We ended up getting two deals. Oh, okay. So what would you get? Like 100,000? We got 250,000 for 10% of the company. Oh, that's great. So that's some, that's now we know why it takes uh, four to six weeks now. You're moving along. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're moving along. Exactly. So Leslie, how much is the base pause DNA kit? So if I want to go do it, what do I have to pay? Sure. Uh, it's cheaper than any other DNA test out there. It's $99. It gives you both the breed part and the health part. They're two completely different tests in one. So for 99 bucks, you can find out what breeds are a part of your kitty, and you can check for diseases that could later on in life lead to something big. And I think for Dr. Fleck, that's probably the part that he's most interested in. Yes, it um, is. But for most of our audience, they're care more about like, oh, I'm curious about my kitty. I just adopted it. What breed is it? So they're curious more about breed, but our veterinary customers care more about the health. Yep. So you did both for 99 bucks. We need to cure more disease with some DNA engineering. So thank you for doing what you Agreed. do. 
<laughs> Thank I think you. it's great. Yeah. So that was Anna Skaya. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. And to learn more about you and Base Paws, visit basepaws.com. Glad to be here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're going to take a commercial break. And then, of course, more of the buzz coming right at you. That's the Pet Buzz. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and I just want to let you know we're urban, suburban, and country, stemming all the way from Spokane, Washington to South Florida. We are the Pet Buzz. We're strong, and we are bringing you the best of the pet news all around the globe. Well, this case, actually, I wanted to share it with you because I think it's absolutely crazy. A dog owner who's 82 years old killed his neighbors, a man of 55 years of age, and his 11-year-old daughter in Port St. Lucie, Florida, because his dog was going to be impounded for a dog bite. You heard it right. The 82-year-old went into his neighbor's home with two guns blazing, all because of a dog. Seems as if on March 4th, Animal Control went to Hanman's, that's the neighbor who got shot and killed, and Desolero's home, that's the dog owner, regarding a dog bite involving Del Cero's dog, a female bull mastiff named Roxy, Foxy Roxy. An adult female victim told Animal Control that Del Cero's dog bit her. So a hearing was set for May 5th, but Del Cero never showed up. On July 1st, Animal Control issued Del Cero a final declaration, paperwork, saying that his dog was deemed dangerous. Well, Del Cero, who's 82, decided to take two guns and started shooting when he walked into Alexander Hansman's home on Monday, killing him and his daughter, this 11-year-old girl. Well, Harper, the 11-year-old, she called 911 And this is what she said. She said something like, there's someone shooting in our house. I think my parents are dead. I think my family's dead. Well, when the police arrived, they found Del Cerro on the second floor and exchanged gunshots with him. One officer was shot in the arm and chest, but he was wearing a bulletproof vest, so he was fine. And that officer was hospitalized and released. When SWAT arrived after the shootout, Del Cerro was dead. And, of course, his death is under investigation. Four people inside the home managed to escape. Hansman, 55, like I said, was pronounced dead on the scene in the garage. Harper died while being taken to the hospital. I mean, she used all her energy to call 911 
poor little thing. I'm praying for her, her dad. I mean, what will people do next? All because of a pet. Just walked in the house and started shooting. That is friggin' crazy, everybody, because of a dog bite. I mean, really? I don't know what people will do next. I mean, and I just got to reiterate to the shoe. We are living in crazy times. You got to stay cool and calm. You can't be whipping out those guns for every single little thing. I'm not trying to take your guns away. Now, don't go there with me. Hey, I got the Constitution in my purse. I carry it around with me. But I'm telling you, we got to stay calm. We got to stay cool. We can't be shooting up things because just because we have a fight with our neighbors. These are crazy times. We got to support each other. Okay. Well, we have no guests in our last segment of the show, but I want to talk about all this back-to-school stuff. We're seeing Betsy DeVos. We're seeing the president. We're seeing Vice President Pence. We're seeing all people in the administration, teachers, people from the teachers' union all around the country talking about what's going to happen when our kids go back to school. But we also have to talk about what's going to happen when our kids go back to school and how And if if they go back to school and if they affect our pets. Well, you know, we always say Fido has the back to school blues. And that's really when the dog or cat get depressed because the kids are going back to school. Well, in a lot of school districts, kids will be going back to school. And they will, you know, all this time since April, our pets are used to having us around. If you remember, we had Babette Haggerty on I really think that this is a time where people are either going to utilize this time and make the best of it, or it's very easy, and I'm guilty of it, for us to get a little lazy. We had Beth Edelman and dog trainer Amy Robinson. There can be some stressors. Sometimes when we're home, we, we're not sticking to the regular routine, and cats are really creatures of habit. So when, when they get out of their routine, that can be a little bit stressful for them. It's good to remember that most cats sleep all day, and if you keep waking them up in the middle of the day for a cuddle, sometimes they just want to sleep. Amy, what about our dogs? Do you think our dogs are happier that we're home, like now, 24-7? I would say, overwhelmingly, the response has been yes. The reporting are very, very positive. Dogs generally love it when the whole pack is together. But they can very easily get depressed when we start leaving the house and when the kids go back to school. They have no more companions to hang around with. So we need to find stuff for them to do. And a lot of times we say, you know what, have the kids go back to school. Start a few weeks before the kids go back to school. Shorten their time in the house so the cats and dogs get used to the back-to-school schedule. You might want to invest in some puzzle games. You can find puzzle games for $15. You can feed them. You can give them activities to do. Hey, I think we even talked about once there is a uh, training system. Your dog and cat can be trained in front of the TV while you're gone. Dog tricks make a dog sociable. It allows them to go out into public, kind of like a canine good citizen, to be able to interact with people and other dogs, and it builds our bond. You know, a paw shake isn't just a cool trick, but it's a symbol in our visual language, our tactile language, of a bond. The paw shake builds our bond. All those things are great. You might want to give some extra exercise to your cat or your dog if you're home and you're not working. Or when you get home or before you go to work in the morning, give that pet some exercise. But here's one thing that nobody's going to be talking about. And that's that as our kids and if they go back to school and 
and they're with their teachers and they're with your other classmates, we know with close contact, they can be susceptible to obtaining coronavirus and they are susceptible and can bring coronavirus back home to our houses, putting the rest of the family in danger, including the family pet. So these are some things we have to think about. And we also have to talk to our children about washing their hands, maybe not hugging the pet as much, maybe walking the dog and spending time with the pet, but not hugging it, maybe not having the pet sleep in their bed. Because we've seen cases around the world about pets obtaining the coronavirus. First, it was Hong Kong, dog, Pomeranian, 19 years old. Then we had the cat in Brussels, two cats in upstate New York, German shepherd dog. Some we know, some of these pets came in contact in their house with people who had coronavirus. And then one of the cases in upstate New York with the cats, the owners didn't know if the cat came in contact with anyone who had coronavirus. So as you're thinking about your kids going back to school and buying new school clothes and getting ready and deciding if you're going to send your kids to do back to school homeschooling, you also want to add the family pet to that equation. How is going to school going to affect the pet from not only a psychological point of view, from a health point of view? Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Hey, it's always too soon to wrap the show. And that's why before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about dog breeds susceptible to heat stroke, cats in history, and calculating a dog's age. It's getting a little tougher. Anyway, special thanks to uh, Steve King and Anna Skaya for joining us on the Pet Buzz this week. And, of course, we always want to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com, and we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. As I always say, peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.